Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to episode 212 of Dunzo. I knew the number. It's me, Troy McKeady, and I am joined today by my dear, dear friend, <laughs> my my literal redheaded stepchild, Jesse Shampley. <laughs> I thought you were going to call me your arch nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, how are you? I'm doing really well. Um, the context is important here. I'm recording on a university campus in a provost's vacant former office, and that's all the context I'm actually going to give. So, yeah, you're giving very professional tease. Jesse's wearing mm-hmm. a, a button up right now, and he's not his usual ratchet self. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving fluorescent lighting, yeah. everything you love, low ceilings. We love to see it. <laughs> um so spooky spooky season continues uh we are almost done with october which makes me really sad and we're closing it out with genuinely one of my favorite horror movies of all time we're talking today about the 2001 nicole kidman i don't even ghost thriller the others which i'm very excited about Yes. And Troy and I share in our love for this movie because I would put this in my top five horror films. It's incredible. Tell me about your experience with this movie. Like, what was the first time you saw it? I remember watching it when I was little and not remembering it. Mm -hmm. And I rediscovered it as an adult. And so I've just watched it a few times in adulthood and really love it. And of course, you know, being an adult, I understand it more. Um, But my other connection, of course, is always being reminded whenever it's parodied in Scary Movie 3. Yeah. (laughs) Are you mad? 
<laughs> Damn your daughter. <laughs> yeah. I love quoting this movie. I know uh my friend Joe Gunn is the only other person I know who likes to quote this movie and it makes me feel very seen. Um I love couchy couchy custard, couchy couchy custard. <laughs> it's so good. The 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 lines that these child actors have mm-hmm. are, are really incredible and They're memorable. Amazing. The, we're gonna talk about the acting because it's like truly like unreal but the kids Anne is an icon the little girl in this movie she's incredible yeah they really stole the show I have a few things that I definitely wrote down <laughs> that they did <laughs> I'm laughing thinking about <laughs> no like they're really really funny and so is her the, the little brother is also great mm-hmm. um yeah I used to this is a movie that I used to just I had like a handful of movies that I could pop in and watch at any time. And I was mm-hmm. texting Jesse before we got started and said, like, I genuinely used to watch this movie, I think almost every day when I was like when I was younger. It was just like a movie I liked having on in the background. And it just the great thing about this movie is that it's actually really rewarding to watch it a million times, which is incredible. Like it really is a little bit of a different viewing experience every time because you do find some small detail that you missed always there's always something that you find where you're like that's clever because it's all so tiny and um it's also nuanced and none of it is really like grand it's just nuanced little things that they say yeah and I think I got more into the analysis and the meaning this time than I ever really have I, I mean obviously there's some deep things that happen in this film but I think previously I've watched it through more of a surface level lens and, you know, when I knew we were going to talk about it, I dug a little bit deeper and yeah, gave me a fully different viewing experience, which was great. It, yeah. it was really refreshing, honestly. Well, I want to start by saying that I don't support anybody listening to this episode that hasn't seen the movie. I don't support that. Um, I don't like people who enjoy spoilers. I think that that's a very strange quality to have. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Nothing grinds my gears like a spoiler, Troy. I hate Ugh. it. Oh, skin crawl, like put bamboo shoots underneath my fingernails instead of spoiling (laughs) something for me. (laughs) Like, I don't want to see any comments on this post saying like, I haven't seen it, but you guys maybe want to. That's not the goal. We're warning you now. (laughs) You will be blocked. You will be blocked. (laughs) Cyberbullying. It still exists. I'll do it. I'm not, I'm not above it. Um, And I don't have as many followers as Dunzo, but I will still block you. Even if that means nothing to you, I'll block you. (laughs) I've seen on 2020, it's called cyberbullying. And I'm (laughs) up for it. Don't listen to this episode if you haven't seen this movie. It is truly one of the most rewarding experiences to see the end of this film. To me, it's one of the best uh, reveals in cinematic history. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm trying, I know. I, I'm having to keep my mouth shut. That's why I was just nodding. You couldn't see me yeah. nodding, but I was nodding. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a real spoilery episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so watching this movie a million times and when you first view it, like when you first see it, the movie is like scary. Mm-hmm. It has jump scares and stuff, but it's mostly this kind of like slow burn, mm-hmm. like discovering what's going on. And the thing that I love about this movie is that when you watch it a million times or <laughs> one or a million times, um, you realize that like what's actually scary in this movie is the main characters. They're, they're terrifying these poor people in this house and they're like tormenting them and 
closing their curtains and <laughs> locking their doors and just like tormenting people and it's crazy yeah and you don't realize of course until the reveal what's happening and why it's like retroactively scary right mm-hmm. because when you know what happens then you're like oh gosh yeah they were doing these things and they didn't realize that they they were the spooky ones it's coming from inside the house like that very much that yeah the intruders (laughs) um and yeah i mean it's like i think it's a really difficult thing to pull that off to have a movie be a different kind of scary when you watch it a second time like that's really impressive to me yeah. Um, Troy, you know, I love the stats. Uh, mm-hmm. Can I get into a few things? Sure. <laughs> well, it, what I thought was funny is that this is a Spanish film that has no Spanish, which is right. great. Yeah. Um, and this at one point was the highest grossing Spanish film of all time upon its release. It's actually really? still at number no- number four. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. With no Spanish. <laughs> that's so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I want to, I want to ask your opinion about this too, before we talk about the actual movie itself, but, um, what do you think this movie's, uh, lasting impact on pop culture is? Because I personally don't know if this is as discussed still as some other films or has the, um, the lasting power or memorability, not because of the content not being good, but for Mm -hmm. some reason, uh, you know, I don't know why it's not spoken about more unless I'm just in the wrong circles so you know wanted to know your thoughts no I think that you're right I think this isn't a movie that you really hear get talked about a lot it's not like there are certain horror movies that I call and this is not this is no shade to anyone but like there are movies horror movies that I call like the Marvel universe of horror like the conjuring and stuff like that it's like those are just like Marvel films to me um and this and those are ghost movies that you hear get talked about endlessly all the fucking time i mean you can't even bring up the the conversation of like horror without somebody being like have you seen the the conjuring which Mm -hmm. i'm so sick of talking about this is such a better film to me and i do (laughs) i do wish that people talked about this movie more Mm -hmm. um i do think though that when it came out like i remember the like the buzz and the conversation around this movie being yeah huge when we were younger mm-hmm. and everybody being like don't spoil the end like the ending was like the sacred thing that everybody was like you can't tell people the end of the movie my precious yes you <laughs> <laughs> <I feel> mad <laughs> i'm sorry i'm gonna keep saying that the entire time i know i'm bringing in the other references though but we'll i'll start quoting the movie too don't worry don't worry <laughs> I won't be I won't be Schmeagol the the whole time. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I, I think that you're totally right. I wish that this movie was uh was I guess more respected, but I do think though in like the horror community, like for horror nerds, like sure people like you know, people like this movie. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I just wanted to throw out some of those those stats and get your opinion about that. Well, to add to your stats conversation. Oh, please, you know, I love this. <laughs> I do think it's important to mention that this was uh, a Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman production. Um, that was another like big talking point. It was like a, but it was like, Jesse's making gross face. I wish you guys could, I wish you guys could see what it looks like when I Zoom podcast with Jesse. It's really 
visually a lot going I'm on. an animated squirrel. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's giving like a Jim Carrey moment to my left. And I can't. <laughs> but, but no, this movie is like, you know, a big talking point was that Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman produced it together with their production company. And um, if memory serves me, because I did do a Nicole and Tom episode, I think that they were like separating uh, when this movie came out. So it was like their divorce project. Yeah, that timeline seems right. You know, I'm, I'm not for sure, but from when it came out, it was what, 2001? Mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. Yeah, um, thank God for it though. I mean, thank God they pulled it together at the end because truly what would the world be without this film? Thank God they got divorced. Nicole's been able to give us 18 miniseries and I've watched all of them. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm thankful for that. <laughs> Speaking of, can we just start before we get too deep? Can we start with the fucking masterclass that is Nicole Kidman? You know, I'm very passionate about this. Like, I, uh, and right now, you know what? You know what? Nicole Kidman, she not only is on every miniseries ever produced on either HBO or Hulu. I mean, it's a toss up at this point. Right. She also, I don't know. I, I don't know if you've, you have been to the movies lately, but I don't know if mm-hmm. you go to AMC, but she's in the little AMC promo that runs before the films now. Oh, please. Oh, and I'm like, course. well, I know that Nicole's not going to the AMC theater in this gown that she's wearing and this jumpsuit <laughs> or whatever they put her in but I don't care. Right. I want her to act like she drinks Coke and watches movies at the AMC. I love that. It's camp. (laughs) It is camp. I love that she's like, stop going to the movies again. Stop going again to the theater. Again. Again. (laughs) Give the theater your money. (laughs) And give me your money. Consequently. (laughs) Yes. I love it. No, but she's like, I mean, I, I truly think that Nicole Kidman is one of the greatest actors of our time. Um, I've always loved her and I just think like this movie first of all I think that the director of this movie did a really good job of playing into Nicole's like best qualities which I think like her face acting is always like really really fucking incredible yes something about like Scientology and being tied to Scientology at some point she Elizabeth Moss you know like their face acting it just what do they have in the water over there Leah Remini I don't know they're drinking something oh that's right she does she does have good face acting too Mm -hmm. it's like sassy but you know it's like a way of being really vulnerable with your face that like normal Mm -hmm. people aren't like Nicole Kidman can really yeah and Elizabeth Moss can really make you feel a lot but just, just by looking at them looking, yeah yeah it's a it's mm-hmm. very intense but yeah she is just she, the way she carries this movie is just like aside from the fact that it's good the movie is good and it's scary it's just like watching an actor be really great is like fun yeah i love that and you know she's so hysterical and at times it's it's so I mean like convincing but in a way that makes you root for her but then other times it's so over the top that you almost can't look at it because have you had someone like break down in front of you it's hard to just be around them there are moments in this movie where especially with the the effing curtains Mm -hmm. oh my gosh always the curtains yeah I'm looking at her and I'm like I can't I actually have to turn away for a moment Nicole I'm so sorry this has nothing to do with you I just need a moment to not look at you while you're freaking out about the curtains because it's too real you're too good at this someone someone messed with her decor one time and she pulled from that 
It was Tom. <laughs> this whole movie is just her using t- her trauma with Tom to like act. Um, but no, yeah, the all of her scenes with the curtains and also just like when she's being really, you know, when she's having, as Anne would put it, one of her spells, um, <laughs> when she quote goes mad. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you remember that scene- day? <laughs> that day? <laughs> she won't stop until she kills us. She won't stop. <laughs> And it's my fucking like I live. She's my queen. I live. <laughs> Mummy, Mummy, uh, always. <laughs> oh, she's so good. But yeah, when she's being really, when she gets you know abusive to the kids, uh, it's really a lot. Um, and I also, again, I know that I kind of said it at the beginning, but like the kids also carry this movie in a way that is the children are just there's there's literally five people in this movie basically yeah and you know when you don't have a large cast you have to be memorable with your performance right it's it's almost minimalist and what i loved about the children is that they were so deadpan with everything they said right Right. they they weren't when they were being ridiculous it was because it made sense so they just gave what they needed to give at the time and yes they were they were hilarious though not in a way where you were like this is so bad it was funny because it was so good what they were what they were doing on screen it made me laugh (laughs) like wow this little girl is she's serving no yeah she's they were genuinely funny and she's like sarcastic and she's like a little cunty to her mom oh my gosh yes (laughs) she like bullies her brother in a way that's like truly horrible but also so funny (laughs) (laughs) mommy i'm scared and the casting was so good with just the way that the the little boy looked um because he has that face you know what i'm talking about he has the little boy brown hair horror face yes it's like precious moments on crack honestly (laughs) it's i mean you want to talk about a pout that little boy is a masterful pout it's so like endearing yeah that precious moments doll uh, like absorbed a ouija board and then that child was born <laughs> right. with a little parted slicked over like it's so cute man haircut. I know, it's I love so it. cute yes he looks like a little grandpa <laughs> i know and i like he spends the whole movie in like little old man sweaters and um his like jammies with his like leather slippers those pj sets oh my yeah. gosh and the little like nighty gowns that the little girls in all the time oh my gosh it's so cute yeah the the costuming was really great as well yeah i love the oh my god nicole kidman i could just like stare at her like her body in those dresses like the silhouette of those dresses and they're all constricted and corseted and buttoned oh her hair oh my the hair work oh my god Oh my like, god, everybody can pull off a bob that stops at their ears. They can't. I've tried. <laughs> You're trying right now, actually. I'm gonna tell you right oh now. God, it's not Troy, don't tell them. Oh my god, they can't see me. It's not working on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the 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 ambiance that was created, you know, the the desolate old house that is lived in but doesn't feel like it because something's missing. Mm-hmm. It's all really metaphorical and symbolic and beautiful in that way. And I, I appreciated what they did. And, and it was so simple. That's what I love. You don't have to pull out all of the stops for it to be a great horror film. They did something really simple. 
Yeah, I agree with that. There's some really incredible world building in that house because they literally don't, there's no other sets. I mean, they're just in the house the entire time and it's so like gripping the whole time. You're never bored. Mm-hmm. And the house really feels like this like entity. Like it really feels like something. It feels very lived in. And, but also like you said, very like kind of scary and empty and echoey. And I love, there's a scene where, um, so obviously, you know, if you've seen the movie, the kids have what Nicole Kidman believes to be like photosynthesis and they can't be exposed to the light for too many minutes or whatever, although there's same. There's, <laughs> your skin will uh, bu- bubble and burst, I think she calls it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of like these really impactful scenes of Nicole Kidman walking into rooms with her janitor keys and slamming these big heavy doors shut and pulling these heavy thick like wool like wool curtains open um but there's a moment specifically where the curtains they have to go through the house and close all the curtains and it's just these like really cool shots of each room with the light like coming in randomly and you get to see the rooms and they all it's just really it's like visually stunning yeah it reminds me of, you know, when my mom would want me to like dust my desk in my bedroom or something, I wanted to just like show her this movie and be like, that is dust, mom. This yeah. is not dust. <laughs> that is dust. <laughs> like ceiling to floor wool, thick, double pleated, whatever curtains. That's, that's some intense cleaning. Yeah. Disgusting. Um, I also wanted to talk about, I think they do a really good job of the relationships each individual relationship is like very layered um yeah obviously the most interesting relationship in this movie is between nicole kidman and her daughter Anne. absolutely like unbelievable the communication between them the non-verbal communication the looks Mm -hmm. the eye moments Yeah. So let's talk about that. And, you know, I think that their relationship is so interesting for a few different reasons. Mm -hmm. One, you know, and and I can't speak to this experience because I'm not a parent, but I can imagine when you don't have a social outlet outside of children, Mm -hmm. how that messes with your brain, right? right? She didn't have, Nicole Kidman's character didn't have adults to talk to aside from her servants, Mm-hmm. well hired help whatever you want to call them um i believe during this time they were she treated them very much like servants yeah i was like is that the right word probably yeah um even though it was like in the 40s but um yeah it, her servants and her children are the people that she talks to you know her husband's gone mm-hmm. and it's just her and, and so think about how she was interacting in the world it was with those two groups of people and that was it Right, totally. And, you know, on a second viewing, it's like, when you first watch this movie, you kind of think that the daughter is like bratty. You think that she's like a typical um, sort of like preteen girl in a movie like this, where she's like a bratty asshole for no reason. Mm -hmm. And when you watch it again, you realize that there's this discomfort between them because the daughter, she like sort of has it on the tip of her tongue, what the mom did to them. And she knows and Nicole knows that she killed her family. Um, <laughs> you said that. <laughs> I know, I know. I said it. Okay, it's out. It happened. We did it. And if you're listening still and you don't know, I know it's whatever. I have no hope for you. But 
the daughter knows that she killed she was killed by her fucking mom she knows it and nicole kind of knows it too and it's right there like at the front of their brain um and there yeah there's just like this really vulnerable like distrust that you can see just in the way that they look at each other um there are so many moments that are not verbalized but where the daughter like won't hug her and she kind of refuses to touch her um and I think a lot of the reason that she bullies her brother is like not to be mean but more so like wake the fuck up like she's psycho you know because the brother is just obsessed with his mom and she loves him so much yeah she babies him for sure Mm mm-hmm you have to think about it too, you know, when we have the reveal and we know what happens, there is a piece of, of, you know, the daughter who did forget, but didn't. And that's what it toes the line of that. And that's what makes it really interesting because they're having this revelation at the same time as we are, but she, she knows it all along what right. happened to her. And so it's like, you know, you know, whenever you, you don't like someone for some reason or something like that, but you don't know exactly why, but you just know that you don't, right. uh, you know, and it, it's something similar to that type of situation, which I, for, I forget about until I watch it again. And um, because you don't, you don't want it to be true. Even though I've seen this movie and I know what happens, I didn't want it to be true that she killed her children. Right. You want to, you want to believe that she's a good mom because she's so protective of them. And she, you know, she's concerned about the supernatural horror that she's facing, Right. <laughs> but there's no horror. It's just her. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. And their existence is also really sad. It's like, you don't really know. You really the first time watching this don't know where to place her as a mom because you're like she is obsessed with her kids she loves them she her life literally revolves around walking them room to room and closing curtains and teaching them the bible and homeschooling them and like her whole day is just these children but at the same time it's like their their life is really sad mm-hmm. and their existence is really sad and it's it's like really uncomfortable the way that she has them sort of trapped in this house so you think yeah. No. Yeah. And the other thing that is just interesting that I took note of is that their whole existence is in this house. And as you mentioned, all of the world building happens in their home. Mm-hmm. And I think about when I'm in my home and I don't leave my home, I don't make an effort to like get ready, <laughs> um, yeah. to be pretty, to like be fully dressed, but they, they fully do. And I think there's, you know, twofold reason there, of course, because they know that they, that's where they are. Like it's not mm-hmm. like they're sick for seven days or something like that. And then they're free. That yeah. is their existence. But then also, you know, the house is so grand and it's so large that it almost feels like, you're not in, you know, your two bedroom apartment in Dallas, like I have, right. You're, you're in this, your own ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So I think it might be maybe more motivating. I don't know. It, it could be the opposite effect, but I just thought that was really interesting that, you know, Nicole Kidman's like getting up and getting her hair done and getting dressed just to be in her home all day. And I don't even know what she does. She has people to do things for her. Right. No, I think that's completely, I think you're spot on, especially cause it's like, on top of the fact that this house is like their whole world, it's also like this ecosystem with the curtains and the light and trapping the light and locking the doors. It's like, you know, it, it, it's like, the, a, it's a functioning, like living, breathing force, this house, but it's also mm. very dead, which is so weird. It's like mm. this weird in-between. Um, I also love the fact that, I know that we kind of touched on this, but like, we obviously have to lean into it. 
So now that we've fully spoiled that, you know, everybody in the house is dead um, (laughs) (laughs) or whatever. Or whatever. Uh, (laughs) There's, you know, when you watch it again, it's like you sort of notice all of these things that they're doing and how scary they would be um, if you were this poor family, like living in this house and watching these people torment you. Um, And there's a scene specifically where I think, I mean, there are little tiny things that you notice notice throughout the whole thing, but I think where things really get buck is when Nicole Kidman goes up to the junk room and she, you know, she hears, she is, it's confirmed at this point that she knows her daughter isn't lying. There are, there's something going on in the house and she's been able to witness it. And she goes in this junk room where everything in there is covered by these white, uh, white linens. And she's like hearing voices and she starts violently ripping these sheets off of this furniture. And upon first viewing, it's like really scary because you're like, oh my God, Nicole Kidman's being haunted. There are ghosts in there with her. But then you realize like there's a family in there and they're watching Nicole Kidman rip these sheets off all this stuff and be really violent randomly. Like she's a violent ghost. Yeah. And, you know, and then it makes you reevaluate your relationship with other paranormal movies of, you know, is is the ghost bad or does the ghost not know that it's coexisting in this space with these other people? Yeah, totally. Mm, Which gives me (laughs) a chill. And, you know, and these people, they're like, I want to know what's going on in this house. And I'm going to do this seance and this thing. Hell no. If I saw sheets just flying across the room by themselves, I'd be like, sell it, burn it. Give me the insurance money. I don't care. I can you imagine being on the other side of that? (laughs) Literally, especially in a big ass, giant, echoey, dark house. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, it's like, it's, you, you know, you realize that they're not like chill ghosts. She's extremely aggressive. She's really precise and specific and um, uh, regimented. So, you know, she's like, like, for example, the, the, the actual family that lives there, the dad is a pianist. And every single day, like, like clockwork, she closes the piano violently and locks it. You know, it's not like she's like a chill ghost. She's very intense. Uh, those type A ghosts, they get me every time. You know? <laughs> They're the worst kind. Oh my gosh. I wish my ghost was more chill. You know what I mean? <laughs> my ghost keeps closing all my curtains. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, can we can we talk about, since everything's out in the open now, can we talk mm-hmm. about that scene in, in the gown and, you know, the one that's parodied? Oh yeah. I mean, I... I, we just we have to acknowledge it of course do you do you think that that is the standout scene for you in the film or do you think that there's something else that is I, I think the most uh I don't know palpable scene for you mm-hmm. you know what do you think well okay so you know how when you grow up watching like like I don't know if you have this experience but there are certain movies where like the movie trailer scenes really stick out to me mm-hmm like, like, for example, in Clueless, when she flips her hair and, and falls off the bed, like, that was in the trailer. So, like, that scene means something a little different. Yeah. And the, <laughs> the wedding dress or the, the communion gown moment, um, mm-hmm. that was in the trailer. And I remember that being, like, 
the moment that like they use to scare people because it's like a the, it's really the only kind of jump scary there aren't many like moments like that in this movie um so yeah it does kind of stand out to me I think it's iconic you know what I, mean? I think it's the most iconic scene in this film for sure mm-hmm. uh yeah what do you think yeah I mean it's the it's a standout for me um and I was I was definitely bamboozled when I first watched it because I was like, oh, this old creepy woman is here. Yeah. Not the fact that her daughter possessed a human being and yeah. is under, you know, a veil, like playing with her little marionette. Like, what? Well, first of all, <laughs> little little puppeteering and marionette things. I don't know why. It's not like it, it's not like it scares me but they're always they're always used in such a rotted to use you know your your favorite term in such a rotted way in movies like this that they are fully tainted for me it's unsettling and and i think this movie has so much metaphor and layer there's there's there are so many layers here someone playing a puppet string you know what I mean I I, you think you have to think in this film like everything means something like Mm -hmm. was this was this little toy chosen specifically not only to be creepy like other toys have been used in other films but also because there's you know someone else pulling the strings or things aren't as they appear etc etc so I'm getting real in my I'm, I'm getting in my bag over here, my <laughs> my <laughs> metaphorical bag. But you're right, though. This movie is all metaphors. I mean, it's almost overwhelming how many, because yeah. when you watch it a lot, like you, like I said, you always pick up on more of them. Um, and I, I also, I think it's weird. Like, this movie is obviously scary, but I also, I think it's more so just, like, sad. Like, yeah. I feel really, really sad when I watch this movie, and I feel terrible for these these people, for this family and these kids you know and it's it's like there's a lot of religious metaphors in this movie the fam she's obsessed with religion and she's always I mean the kids literally sit for like 20 hours a day reading the bible aloud like it's really intense and the irony that she has them reading about you know being trapped in limbo and it's all they it's literally all they talk about is being trapped in limbo and children's limbo and hell and purgatory and all of the different hells not realizing that they're in one fun cute light things yeah yeah like uh christian summer camp kind of stuff yeah yeah like stuff that you would discuss over finger foods at an event you know what i mean Yeah, yeah 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 no i definitely hear you there um I'm curious to know, because I hadn't seen this movie um, uh, since I'd watched these two shows that I'm about to mention, but um, I think about Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor and some of the parallels here. You know, I Mm -hmm. wonder if there was some inspiration pulled from this movie. I feel like there had to be Mm -hmm. because the feeling of the the house. Yeah, of the house, of the children, of you know, it being who's dead, mm-hmm. who's not, um, a little bit of a love story in there. You know, there's there's a component of a love story in, in this film because oh, yeah. the husband comes back and he doesn't know that they're dead until he comes back. Mm-hmm. And so he's yeah. surprised himself. 
um, when he finds out what's going on. And, and, you know, you see, you see that scene where they fall asleep next to each other, just still, and mm-hmm. he's, he's pretty expressionless and motionless and yeah. his eyes are just bugging out and bruh, he's barely <laughs> blinking. Like he's really out of it. Yeah. They do an incredible job of showing the sort of stages at which a ghost realizes their place in the world and you have one extreme where Nicole Kidman and her kids are like they think that they're normal they think they're alive they're living their lives you know they're stubborn and 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 unwilling to see things and then you have sort of the middle which is her husband kind of in between he's been out in the fog and the fog is also a really great just visual representation of them being lost and Mm -hmm. their boundaries how far they can go they can't really stray too far yeah um and then you have the opposite and we we haven't really talked about them yet but um mr tuttle and mrs mills (laughs) um fully realizing that they're ghosts knowing their boundaries knowing their restrictions like just wanting to live out their ghostly eternity doing what they love which is being in this house yeah yeah, and I think about too, um, you know, the husband was able, obviously he's dead and he was able to go outside of his boundaries a little bit, but he couldn't stay. Mm-hmm. And um, isn't it in in Casper where they talk about unfinished business a lot with ghosts? Yeah. yeah. It was like he needed to find out what happened to his family. And once he finished that business, he had to go back to where he died, the front, mm-hmm. you know? And I didn't know what the front was. I had to look it up, but, you know, it's military term. Yeah. And, you know, he was essentially on the front lines of the of the combat, or at least where the conflict was happening. And so he had to go back to that. Yeah, he when he shows up, it's like, the first time you see this, and she's out in the fog, and he just walks up to her. It's so shocking. Like, it's one of those moments where you're like, God, how did I not get it? Like, how did I watch this whole movie and not realize that these people were dead? I fully didn't get it. I was so dumb watching this movie the first time. Oh my gosh. Me too. Which is great. I mean, that makes it more fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So the, the servants. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty funny. I mean, you know, there are times, there were times where it almost felt like malicious. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think really it was just like, they, they want her to just figure it out so that they can move on. Yeah. Yeah, they're sort of helping guide her along her journey of like mm-hmm. discovering that they're not yeah. alive. And it's like, you know, obviously they can't just tell her because in your mind, you're like, oh, just tell her she's dead. But with how hysterical and insane she is, there's no way. I mean, if she freaks out over her curtains like that, imagine what will happen if you're like, babe, you're right. dead. <laughs> totally. And it took, I mean, the daughter had been telling her for a long time that there were people in the house and it took her basically being having like a full experience mm-hmm. in the junk room to to believe her um but yeah you do definitely think that there's some sort of sinister undertone to the to what they're doing and the way that they're treating her and like gaslighting her and mm-hmm. hiding gravestones but yeah then you realize they're just kind of trying to help her find peace yeah and she's mean to them the whole damn time i know <laughs> she's so mean to them <laughs> She is so mean. She's so mean, especially to, she like beats up Lydia. 
oh my gosh and, and just the poor thing she can't say anything back to her yeah. remember when she she grabs her and she's like write it down yeah. write it down and she like grabs her hand and slams it on the notepad and, and old girl was like Wah! like please yeah. stop so get her off me jesus yeah. she's shaking my shoulders <laughs> i don't like that <laughs> <laughs> i'm shimmying just in case you're wondering i'm shimmying <laughs> there was a shimmy involved in case everybody wanted to know mm-hmm. um but yeah i love i actually i love them i love mr tatala i love mrs mills and i think that she mrs mills does like a really good job of showing like how sad it is because she like she feels really bad for those kids like watching Anne sit on this it's like in her mind she's like girl you're up ghost you can literally do whatever the fuck you want you don't have to be running in dark rooms and locking doors and reading about purgatory like you're a kid and you're a a ghost child like it's almost like you you think that she's looking at her with like a sinister look but she's like like feels bad for them yeah (laughs) and i love how mr tuttle is just like okay then like, like yeah he's, he just goes along with it he's like i'm old i'm ancient i you know I, I okay figure it out lady he's like i'd better go hide the gravestones again <laughs> oh <laughs> um can i tell you speaking of them there was a um there was a scene where they the children it's funny because the way they did it was pretty good. You know, they reach the gravestones and uncover the leaves. And then mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman fi- finds out the photo of, you know, the serpent's dead. And mm-hmm. they, you know, the, the scene splits and they show them both doing it at the same time, essentially, you know, they're the, 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 the edit cuts back and forth. Right. And um, there was a, uh, <laughs> there was a part where um, Anne's like, don't speak to them to the the little boy and he's like why and she's like they're dead and he goes they're what (laughs) with his little pouty face with his little grandpa face he goes they're what (laughs) i love him (laughs) and then he like tasmanian devil like spins out of there just like (laughs) they fully freak out Yeah, and I always forget at the I always forget when I watch this movie that at the beginning they kind of want you to think that Anne is just like fucking with everybody and that she's this maniacal kid, especially in, in the the scene with the curtain um with the when they're in their bedroom and, and Victor's in there, the little boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's like, Victor's stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and you think that she's disguising her voice. Like that stuff is all so well done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because all signs point to her. She's the brat. She's mm-hmm. picking on her brothers. She hates her mom. Like, yeah. Oh, wait, no, there's actually just a person in here with you. Right. And she's actually just like really smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Incredibly intelligent. Yeah. Like she's she's a girly pop I want to go have drinks with. Obviously, yeah. she's of age. <laughs> <laughs> She'll never be of age, gal. Oh yeah. She's actually she's- like she's like 60 now so yeah she's she's dead you're right um and you know it makes me sad I I wanted to know what the because the children are so great Mm -hmm. I wanted to look up what they're doing and it's just not really anything I know I think they retired from acting well the um the little boy he's like a um a stagehand in shows okay 
Um, so I know, I think you worked a little bit, but I really, and, and I didn't dig too much, but I didn't really find much about her, which made me sad. Yeah, she has like no um, acting history, which is in, yeah, it's really, because she's incredible. Like she's insanely talented. Yeah, when I looked them up, I was like, oh, maybe she's just done a lot in the UK that I'm not familiar with, you know? Right. And when I found that she wasn't doing anything currently or that I'm aware of that I could find, it was it was a disappointment and you know you don't know what happened in her life or whatever but right. I, I i really was like wanting to consume more content yeah oh i know i've looked many times for like other movies that she's been around like i just want to see her i want to see her give Anne energy in another movie <laughs> she's so great and i love that she like just the way that she challenges her mom is so it's just like really fun to watch like when she challenges, especially when she challenges the Bible, when she, because her mom is just feeding them this version of the Bible that she wants them to believe, and it's her version of it, but all they do is read, so Anne is able to find stuff that completely debunks what she says, and it's great when she challenges her, and she's like, I read it this way, mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's nothing Which- she can say strikes a chord with me because you know right. I have a religious background I know yeah. that's not not your thing but I was just like well this reminds me of this situation where I was a hell raiser and asked this question and then was excommunicated <laughs> no but I do find that really interesting though yeah well you know for me I was a part of a, a certain ministry in college mm-hmm. and I questioned some of the ways that things were being run and you know you get a scarlet letter on you Mm-hmm. there there is and i'm not i'm not damning all religious people at all there are circles in which it's okay and it's comfortable and it's welcome to question and and you know doubt and discuss what certain things mean but in in many many spaces you can't do that so you know thinking back to what this time period and this culture and everything would have been it was like doubly sinful to in this period of christianity to to really question things, especially as a child. So it was pretty, pretty daring that they, you know, placed her as that type of character in this time period. Yeah, especially it's good because she like is right. You know what I mean? Like she's correct. And I mean, you learn pretty early on that it's like, you know, not only is Nicole having them sort of read this version of the Bible that she has created for them but she also only lets them read she she thinks that they're only reading passages that she tells them to read which are the same ones over and over and over and that's where you realize that they are in their own version of limbo and they don't know because they're just reading about going to hell over and over (laughs) and over and it isn't until she challenges her mom that her mom realizes she's read beyond the passages that she's told her to read and that moment is iconic yeah it reminds me of my favorite passage in the bible um uh vote for trump or go to hell that's what they've been preaching <laughs> for the past few years yeah my favorite passage um, i had to read that one over and over and over again so corinthians 20 or whatever <laughs> third corinthians 865 23 yes bc <laughs> but I feel I speaking of I think he said like some uh, he did the two Corinthians thing Trump or whatever when he was talking about the Bible but I feel like there was another thing that he said that was fully didn't exist in any version of the Bible too and it was just kind of like (laughs) 
Well, I'm glad you got 85% of the evangelical vote. But anyway, I digress. I know, I know. It's like, it's so funny. It's like, if he can convince a bunch of Christians that he's religious, I could too. Honestly. Girl, girl we could, we need to harness that energy. I'm going to get yeah. Dunzo triple the listeners by next month with that energy. Okay. We can do anything. I've been saying for years that this is a good holy Christian podcast. I don't know why people don't believe me. I don't know why people don't believe me when I say it. <laughs> We've derailed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I think so. I've talked a lot about how this movie is like sad and yes. whatever. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I actually think th- when you watch this a million times, you realize that they act. It's the family gets closer, the, the closer they get to realizing that they're ghosts, you see them becoming more and more vulnerable with each other, and you you see it as healing, whereas when you watch it the first time, you're, like, scared to death and, like, really sad for them, but it's actually, we do see Anne let her guard down with her mom, mm-hmm. the closer they get to realizing they're not alive. yeah. And it makes you wonder how long were they in this cycle? How right. long were they dead? And how did they, you know, what was their perception of the passing of time? Because she's a, what, a nine-year-old girl or whatever, however old she is right. for how long? How long have you been nine, girly pop? I know. Um, how many times can you repeat this same scenario over and over and over again? And, you know, the catalyst, I guess, was the servants showing up. Yeah, I mean, I guess Nicole Kidman has just been waking up screaming every day and thinking that it's a, dr- a dream. I mean, <laughs> the fact that the movie opens with her just fucking wailing in her bed. Which I had forgotten, Me first too. of all, and I had my volume up. If it's up, <laughs> then it's up, then it's up, then it's stuck, okay? Yeah, I was like, holy shit. Like, she's acting hardcore right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. wasting blew, no time blew these eardrums out i couldn't hear the rest of the movie <laughs> and then they just move on from it and it's those moments where you're like i'm an idiot mm-hmm. like i am the problem <laughs> i'm a fucking yeah. idiot for not realizing what was going on yeah um i love the last 30 minutes of this movie i love the end of the movie i think is like the best part of it when everything's yeah. coming to the light if you will no pun intended pun intended let's be honest um yeah Curtain's gone. <laughs> yeah, Natasha Bedingfield singing. <laughs> Could you imagine if randomly like Natasha Bedingfield started playing while she was ripping the curtains open? Girl, <laughs> feel the rain on your skin. <laughs> You're like, how many times have I thought about it? <laughs> so too many. But yes, yes, the ending. Sorry. I... No, but the ending is great. I love when the moment where um where Mrs. Mills is like standing up at the top of the stairs and listening to Nicole Kidman just lose her shit downstairs, Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. feeling pity for her. And again, it's like, you think first viewing she's being evil because she's, you think that the kid's skin is going to burn off or whatever. And she's letting it happen. And she's really like, girl, go back to fucking sleep. Honestly, go to bed. Yeah. And that part, that's why it seemed like so many things that they did were malicious because she was just like, they're fine right and let, and let that seemed kids. Re- yeah that seemed really cold at first because they have this debilitating condition but also it starts to become way more obvious at that point in the movie too that yeah you know things are things are just wrong right because you see them in the light 
and you're like, oh my God, this is it. We're going to see, we're going to see what actually happens when the kids see light and nothing we're, happens. We're going to see that Freddy Krueger skin pop out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to say, welcome to prime time, bitch. To their mom. Um, <laughs> and all the beds are just going to start spitting blood. And yeah, yeah. yeah very normal things. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's like the closer they get to realizing they're dead, the more mm-hmm. ease they get with each other and actually hugs her mom. Yeah. And you can see like the, I mean, she, the shock in Nicole Kidman when Anne hugs her back is like, yeah, you know, obviously it's probably been like centuries since she's done that literally, mm-hmm. you know, she's been living in this, like, I'm a bad mother limbo for however long eternity. Um, yeah. And there was a, there was like a, the actors did a good job of uh, like there being a release. You could see their body language yeah. change as they hugged, which I thought was great. Just great acting once again, just to hit that point home. Yeah, such good acting. And of course that all leads up to one of the greatest, as we said before, one of the greatest reveals in cinematic history. The moment when they, you first of all, you finally see the medium, the old lady with the stinky breath. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah, and you finally get to see this family and like what they look like and Victor and the pianist and who mm-hmm. they are. And you're like, oh my God. And they're they're in a different, time period yeah than them and it's really jarring it's really really jarring to see them in the house the way that um the old woman was like writing on the papers whenever they're channeling the spirits or whatever mm-hmm. Whoa, i hate it i don't like it at all it reminds me of like the ring whenever he's just drawing the circles over and over and over again yeah I hate, I hate whenever they like in these situations where they channel something and they're just like writing it like unhinged on paper with the eyes rolling back yeah and her eyes were creepy enough you know so Mm -hmm. yeah she had like completely glossed over like cataracty eyes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um yeah and we finally got to see that's the moment where you finally get to see the perspective of this family and like what they've been dealing with and and then you and then you actually get to see and tell the medium you know our mom put pillows over our face and then we woke up yeah, she whispers to her in that moment, you know, she's like, what did your mom do to you? And then she like leans over and whispers. And I was like, oh, shit. It's the moment. I was and like, spill, spill. I know. And she's like, how long have you been dead, child? <laughs> oh, like, oh, grand tortoise. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, wait a minute, let's not go crazy. I'm not dead. She's like, I'm alive. I'm very much alive. She just yeah, told like, us. My mom smothered me. Like, I'm alive. (laughs) She killed us and shot herself, but we're all fine. Yeah. Everything's under control, lady. Okay. (laughs) Go home. And then we see uh, Nicole Kimmick come over and start shaking the table and ripping the papers up and throwing them into the air. And we finally get the moment of what it looks like for these ghosts to be ghosting. And it's fucking terrifying. Um. Yeah, it's just, it's so rewarding. And then, like, after that, it's like, well, I guess we're all dead, and we're gonna fucking, this is our house, and people can come and go, and we'll exist together. We may not even know that they're here, vice versa, but, like, there's a closeness and, like, a peace. And I guess that's what it means in this movie to, like, not be in limbo. It's, it's like, metaphorical. Yeah, and... (laughs) Nicole 
I, she has to, you know, face the realization of what she did too. Yeah. But they, it's it's sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. right? which which seems strange. Like, oh, you killed your children and you know yourself, but it's it's like sweet the way that they wrapped it up, which was also confusing for me. <laughs> right, because it's almost like she was able to come to terms with why she did it as a dead person in a way that she yeah. wouldn't have been able to when she was alive. Yeah. Um, and now that you've confronted that, Nicole, maybe you can stop shaking your servants yeah. and <laughs> yelling at them. Stop let, yelling at them. Let Lydia do her thing in the house. Let her be. And they don't even need to clean the house because people are going to live there. Girl, you can just hang <laughs> out. <laughs> Go for walks. Yeah. And it's also, it's, and at the end you're like, oh yeah, duh. Like, why would they just be completely fine without having electricity and no furniture? They don't have furniture, really. And the the um, the part, I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but it's just really funny that I'm thinking about the movie. The part where she's punishing Anne and she just has to, like, stand up and read the Bible. Oh, right. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And then, oh, yeah, that's actually really important because she's like, She's like, well, what is, she's like, are we in limbo? Are we going to limbo? Like, what's going to happen? Are we in hell? Are we going there? And she's like, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know what's real. Because she's finally confronting the fact that she is unsure and it's okay. Like, none of us know. And that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, I'm not going to make you read the same passage of the Bible for like over 40 years anymore. Yeah. Maybe you can read a different part if you want to. You might enjoy it. (laughs) maybe seems you you skimmed ahead already (laughs) Uh, yeah since you already read third corinthians 283 (laughs) and read bible for dummies and now she has all of the talking points and doesn't need to read it anymore (laughs) it's just a it's just a um a book of all of the what they call the clobber verses that like condemn gay people to hell she doesn't find (laughs) them together she's like this is the good stuff yeah, and she's like, honestly, the rest of it is fine, but this part, this is juicy. So if you're gay, this is what's going to happen to you. So at least we're not that. I might have killed you, but at least we're not gay. Anne is fully a ghost that has like pamphlets and, and like goes outside plazas. It's full Jesus camp now for Anne. But maybe, um, or maybe, maybe Anne's the girly at the, the pride parade who like, hugs them and it's like you can be a christian too you know yeah now that she's like gone through it she's the ghost she's the christian ghost at the pride parade that's like pro lgbtq he loves all of you yeah. free mom hugs <laughs> free mom hugs ah! are you mad okay that's the last time um no it's not and it's not nowhere near the last time it's nowhere near are you kidding you can't mommy mommy <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Um, all right. Do you have any? I'm trying to think of anything else that I want to say about this movie that I'll regret because I can't. And when am I going to do this again? But I think we covered it all. I think we did a great job. I, um, yeah. I was, will say, yeah, it was great. The one thing that I will say is that it's fun to watch this movie again and watch for the first time. Nicole Kidman cocked the shotgun in her face when she gets the shotgun in her in her hands and she's like, oh, okay. that's familiar. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, like, I hadn't thought about that. She liked it a little too much. It's like just, there's a moment where she's like, oof. That mm. just got the old nips hard, Troy. Thank <laughs> you for that. That's the way I love to end, to end an episode. 
Yeah. If your nipples I, aren't I, hard at the end of the episode, it didn't do my job. That's what I'm saying. You might want to edit that out, but if you don't, just <laughs> give the give the wrong information for people to be able to find me because I, I can't face them. <laughs> no, I'm not editing that out. There you go. You're right. Nipples, nipples, nipples. We all have nipples. Okay, I said it. <laughs> Well, Jessica, thank you so much for doing this with me. I truly had so much fun. I'm so happy that you picked this movie. Jesse picked this movie, by the way, so. I did. I Troy and I share a love of horror. I would say that, um, you know, he's way more of a connoisseur than I am, but I am a, I'm a fan. I'm a lover. I'm in the second ring of uh, hell for horror fans, I would say, not the first <laughs> one, um, but, but I'm up there, okay? I'll, I'll, I'll go to a convention or something. Um, but yeah, Troy was like, okay, give me a list of movies. And I did. And, you know, we, uh, we settled on this one because it's so good. Yeah. And because yeah. I can't convince anyone to do a whole podcast about the movie The Skeleton Key with me, but one day. <laughs> I was this close. I swear I was so close. Yeah. I love it so much. I love <laughs> a big dusty house, apparently. You you love a Creole witch lady, Kate Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kate Hudson, my favorite Black actress. <laughs> when Kate Hudson becomes an old Black woman in that movie, I truly, like, I my soul leaves my body. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened. Oh my God, another spoiler. Another spoiler. Oh shit! Sorry, I maybe I should cut that out. I'll cut that out. No, nah, don't. Eh, whatever. whatever. It's an yeah. old movie, anyway. Jessica, thank you so much for being here again. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Troy. This was so much fun. I'm giving peace signs and uh, kissy faces oh, just so the just god. so the readers know what's happening. <laughs> Jesse, tell people where they can. Oh god, I'm not looking at my screen anymore. Tell people where they can find you on the Tiki Talk and um, all the things. Yeah, so I am on all social media platforms as Cham Breezy, and Cham Breezy is with a Z-E-Y at the end, because whenever I first made that name over 10 years ago, a small child stole the correct spelling of Breezy at the end of Cham, so I had to misspell it. Yeah, but thankfully I have the permanent tattoo on my back now, like Daughtry has on his back. Um, (laughs) Uh, of my social media name so you can always find me that's a joke <laughs> i have to clarify that's a joke and whenever you pull your shirt up randomly for whatever reason everybody hears i'm going home to the place where i blow <laughs> that about sums up who i am thank you troy <laughs> well you guys thank you for listening to this episode i hope you enjoyed it i really hope that you enjoyed spooky season and i will see you next week bye Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.